When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to enter this football time machine of ours. Go back to the decade where we haphazardly label. We label it the noughties, the 2000s to the football of its time. And a few decades either side. We're going to the 60s, for example, for a brief interlude today. Um, I am Jake from What If Football, and this is the Noughties Nostalgia Podcast, where again today we'll be back by popular demand, you may say. We've got another game of Obscure Footballer for you, and I hope you enjoy because it was so much fun the first time around. Of course, if you enjoy enjoying podcasts like these, we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whatifootball, where for £1 a month we've got five bonus podcasts a week, and of course weekly written columns and written content as well. This is, of course, a sports social podcast network. Two days a week, Norris Nostalgia podcast on a Wednesday, the Barclays podcast on a Friday. So without further ado, let's get stuck in to this game of obscure football. So we can't have a game without any rules, can we really? So... The rules are all players who played the majority of their careers before the 20th, 21st century are obscure to me. Um, this comes from my own biases, um, not being, not really watching football, paying attention to football since before 1998. So, and having not having that grasp, that big database of footballers in my head, probably properly until 2000, around that time or so. So an old Manchester United players since 1998 aren't obscure uh, because I'm a Man United fan. I've probably seen more Man United players. For example, the call to action here from my uh, followers on Twitter was a picture of Mad Tim, um, which one person got. Um, well done to you. Um, I forgot the name, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but Mad Tim was there. So that's a, that's sort of like an inc- inclination of um, where I am on Manchester United obscure footballers. You can't get anything past me. Or so I thought, anyway. And so at the end of it, I pick three of the greatest to go into the hall, obscure Hall of Fame, which will be announced um, the following episode. And so from the previous episode, the Obscure Hall of Fame class of October 2021, we're going to call it. Now, we had a lot of obscure players, as we will do today. And um, pretty much any time we uh, can't, you can't know every single footballer. So the three that I picked from the previous episode, the previous game of obscure footballer was Frode Grodas, who I, um, who I exclaimed was like from Middle Earth. And I think it's the Frodo bit, the, the Frode bit and the Grodas is quite Middle Earthy as well. I think um, we've got Israel Zuniga, which I've already forgotten who he is, um, which is a fantastic uh, start to this. And Ofeo Kurzeverd, um, I think he was a Dutch footballer of Surinamese descent, um, but either way, fantastic name. And I didn't know who he was. Um, he's banging the Hall of Fame. People like that 
send them in because um, they are the absolute tippity top of the Hall of Fame class for these uh, obscure footballers. And hopefully, and I think we do, have players like that to come. So without further ado, some of your suggestions for obscure footballer. We start with Tom Moore, Mark McKeever. Now, and what I'm going to do, what I tend to do with these is give you an impression of what based, only based on the name really, and obviously with a few outside things, outside knowledge, like for example, some followers I know, what team they support, where they're from, etc. So that obviously lends itself to uh, knowing where certain players come from. And um, so we'll we'll do an impression of what, what I think they are first and then the reality once I go onto Wikipedia and find them out for real. So Mark McKeever, um, a suggestion by Tom Moore. He sounds like he'd either be turn of the century Scottish Premier League with an Aberdeen or a Dundee United or, or, or alternatively an early 90s jobbing Premier League team sort of, I don't know, midfielder sort of at the back potentially. I don't know him anyway, so um, he's obscure. So that, that's 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 the uh, that's sort of threshold for me. Um, he got five appearances in four years for Sheffield Wednesday. I was never going to get him. I was never, ever going to get him. He, he isn't Scottish. He's, he's English. Um, he did play, I guess, in an early 90s job in Premier League team, Sheffield Wednesday, although probably a bit more than that, aren't they, Wednesday? Um, he also played for Bristol Rovers, Reading, Western Supermare. That is more like it, isn't it? And... And he, yeah, he, you're allowed in. Whether or not you're in the Hall of Fame is another guess, really. Um, Maracas Flute says, Noe Pamaro. Now, I know who Noe Pamaro is. Portsmouth is um, instantly. Portsmouth FA Cup 2008. He was there. I wasn't sure if he was if he was gone by the FA Cup winning 08. He was definitely gone by the Cup final in 2010. And um, I didn't have to check. I know his name. Um, I can picture him in that uh, shirt. Oki, I think there was the sponsor with the little... Um, little heat things on the shoulders where they change colour. Um, I'm not sure if they change colour. The Leeds ones of the time, the Diodora ones definitely did. Um, so he's one of these defenders that just exists for the bottom half of the Premier League. Um, why he left Spurs when he did, when they were about to get a little bit better, when they were challenging for the Champions League in 2006, first of all, anyway. And then he moved to Portsmouth, Was got a trophy under his belt there. He was a fine enough defender. And um, unfortunately, Maracas Flute, he is not obscure. Next, another player who's unfortunately not passing our test. Mother Quirk says, Christopher Ray. Now, I can picture him in that yellow and blue banded Arsenal kit in 98-99. I think I've got the... I'm pretty sure I've got an inkling that he scored against Man United in the Community Shield or Charity Shield, as it was then known, of course, in 1998. I can remember him playing against United. May have scored in the Premier League game, actually. Both games finished 3-0, I think. Um, very early days of my Manchester United fandom there, <laughs> August and September 98. I always got him mixed up with George Weyer because of the name, he was fairly close. Um, so he's not obscure, not obscure. So when I checked Wikipedia, I didn't actually know he was Liberian. So that Weyer, Weyer mix-up is perhaps more deep-rooted than I felt. Um, then, of course, as you see, 1997 to 2000, he played for Arsenal. And around that time, when as a Man United supporter, even a young Man United supporter, Arsenal were the team to beat. Um, just coming off the double win, for example, when I started supporting them, was part of the double winning team, of course, Christopher Ray. And I can picture him vividly in my mind. So unfortunately, he's not obscure. Chris Etchingham comes in with Jimmy Willis. Now, the impression I got from just the name alone was lower league legend. Perhaps you probably catch his high point being in a cup run or something like that, where he maybe scored a goal or, or did something of note for like a, a Chesterfield in 97 or a Wickham in 2001. Teams that sort of, you know, get to semi-finals 
um, of cup competitions. He's obscure. He's allowed in. He's he's allowed into the uh, the obscure room anyway. So he played for Leicester for six years and got sixty appearances. And um, he played all of his career before I got into football, 86 to 97. So by definition, he has to be obscure. Obviously, if you say Pele, that's not going to be obscure, is it really? <laughs> He's not going to be obscure. Wix AFC says Ian Selly. Now, I don't know if I copied this over wrong, um, uh, but um, I either spelt it wrong in the uh, typing up of these notes or Wix TAFC spelled it wrong on Twitter. So, from right, right from the off, we've got a great start to him being obscure. <laughs> it may not exist. It may be spelt wrong. Either way, I didn't know who he did, who who he is. Um, I had no impression of the guy, really. Perhaps he's a a perpetual number two in goal, although I think I'm getting it from the Les Seeley effect, uh, Man United turn of um, 80s and 90s um, goalie there. Yeah, he's definitely obscure. Apparently, he was a central midfielder who made 42 Premier League appearances for Arsenal. Around the time when they were winning the Cups, when they were getting into Europe and doing quite well in Europe. But unfortunately, this was before my time. Um, and whilst I was watching football, he became a bit of a non-league journeyman. He's played for Wimbledon when they went down, for example. And then um, just whilst they were still called Wimbledon, when they were in the, what is now known as the Championship, and then moved down the, the ladder, so to speak. And yeah, definitely, definitely is obscure. Well done, Wicks. And Derek Cleary comes in with... Uh, <laughs> This is one hell of a one hell of a uh, suggestion here. Um, Hall of Fame material, um, so to speak. Boncho Jenchev. Now, with the the suffix, the Bulgarian suffix of ev at the end, I was immediately drawn to nineteen ninety four World Cup. Big flashing lights, big flashing like those big signs you get on the motorway that flash for like traffic reports or whatever. Bulgaria 1994, he comes into the Premier League off the back of a superb World Cup with Bulgaria. Has a few years at a, at a mid-table team like a Coventry or a Southampton or a Wimbledon and then just pisses back off to Bulgaria or, or to Europe. You do get a lot of Bulgarians playing in Italy, perhaps the vicinity of um, Bulgaria to Italy, Mediterranean, etc. He's definitely obscure. He's a front runner for the Hall of Fame. Best suggestion we've had so far. Cheers for that one, Derek. And that was, to be fair, I was pretty close. <laughs> Obviously, the surname, the suffix of EV does make it kind of obvious that he's Bulgarian. And he, he came to England, played with mid-table Premier League team in Ipswich and then Luton um, just after they got relegated um, in the Premier League era as well. But before the 94 World Cup, he goes, does go back to Bulgaria. He pisses back off from where he came, only to then return, which is... Nobody expected that twist. I didn't expect that twist. And the teams that he played for, definitely didn't expect it. Hendon Town, Car Sholton Athletic. <laughs> 12 caps, 12 caps for Bulgaria too. And he played in the 1994 World Cup and he played at Euro 96 as well. And I think he left Luton after Euro 96. So perhaps he was sick of it after that group stage exit. Um, who knows? Um, but definitely a front runner for the Hall of Fame. Thank you for that one, Derek. And... Um, probably going to get a lot of flack for this pronunciation so ultimately you know right from the off that he's another hall of fame front runner as well chris sergeant far says john gopi fenapai i think i've got it right i just this guy sounds flat out made up i had no in, in absolutely no inclination who he is i'm not really sure on the um on the whereabouts of the geography of Fenapai, you've got a J at the end, so you're thinking sort of Yugoslav, Bosnian, that sort of thing. Um, maybe, maybe perhaps shouldn't sort of combine those two, um, <laughs> but he's obscure, obscure. This man has two lines. <laughs> this man has two lines on his Wikipedia page. 
um, yeah, front runner for Hall of Fame. Definitely. Two appearances for Bolton on loan from Nantes. And of course, Sam Allardyce signed him. Never made an appearance for Nantes. Played most of his Nantes games for the B team, unbelievably. Um, yeah, I think we've got a winner here, Chris. Um, the man has two lines on Wikipedia. Right, <laughs> let's carry on. At Shirts of Neil um, on Twitter says, Gisbert Boss and Boss sounds Dutch to me. Just B-O-S. Um, so, for example, I'm instantly thinking now, Ajax Academy star, failed Ajax Academy star, not not of the bottle of the 1995 Champions League when he was before, he left before then, he somehow finds himself probably quite close to the Netherlands, so he can go back home maybe. Um, so I'm thinking London, I'm thinking South Coast, and a middle t- mid-table team, perhaps Chelsea at the time, could have been, um, but more so I'm thinking Southampton. I'm thinking a second choice fullback in sort of like 1996. That's what I'm thinking. And that's what my thoughts were. And these are all real thoughts before anyone says, oh, you just gleaned them from the uh, from the Wikipedia page. He never played for Southampton. So I didn't cheat. He's obscure. He's definitely obscure. He definitely could be potentially a front runner for the, uh, for the obscure Hall of Fame. And 1996 was correct, which is why I said I don't cheat. I, I go through with them all type up my notes and then go through them all again, actually on Wikipedia and then find out what was correct. And he did play for a team in red and white in England. Wasn't Southampton. And I was never going to get this. <laughs> I was never going to get this. Lincoln City. And then funnily enough, Rotherham, another team in red and white, um, was a forward for the Netherlands. Um, didn't actually play for the Netherlands senior team and um, never stuck about anywhere after moving from uh, from an unpronounceable Dutch team. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce um, that Dutch team. Um, but um, Giz Boss, as his, um, as his name is shortened to, you may you may know. Um, you may not know. Um, I think people outside of Lincoln and Rotherham probably don't, and I don't either. So <laughs> welcome to the obscure Hall Giz Boss, um, potentially Hall of Fame candidate. We'll find out next time. Teammates up, he says Lee Martin and not not a chance, not a chance. Um and he was before my time as a Man United fan. Um nineteen ninety FA Cup final, that's all you need to know. Um left back um was second fiddle really for Dennis Irwin and didn't have, you know, the, the solid United career that you may expect from a player who scored such an important goal, real sliding doors moment, and obviously <laughs> being being in the business that I'm in, so to speak. Someone who scores that much of an important goal can't be can't be obscure for me. Unfortunately, that's just my own you know my own bias from the past. How long I've been doing this? Twenty months there or thereabouts, nearly two years. Um, didn't last too long at United, but ultimately potentially saved Alex Ferguson's job. Um, and oh, that is a huge sliding doors moment, probably one of the biggest. And uh, I think it was one of the big one of the first videos I ever did on the uh, on the old YouTube channel there. So unfortunately. He's not obscure, unfortunately. And we've, to be fair, with most Man United players in the 90s on, um, I don't think you'll get um, a pass into the obscure hall um, and definitely not a pass into the obscure hall of fame beyond that. And uh, Podfadver Mags comes in with, um, he, he typed it on Twitter, <laughs> uh, Orlando Trustfall, which sounds heavily made up. It sounds like he should be in Ted Lasso. <laughs> example it sounded like a Hollywood script I uh, typed it into I was immediately immediately um, suspicious of this suggestion <laughs> but I typed it into Twitter it must have been like a false habit or you know autocorrect it was it's called Orlando Trustful apparently um, I had the impression with Orlando Trustful he was either part of a Hollywood sort of 
veiled look at soccer or football. Um, or he's real and he's very, very obscure. And um, turns out the latter is true. And you can definitely, this is a front runner. <laughs> this is a definite front runner for the Hall of Fame, the obscure Hall of Fame. He's Dutch. He's not. He's not. Um, not American. He's got two Dutch caps from 1995. Would you believe? And he played in England, Sheffield Wednesday for a year in 1996-97. Again, before my time, people a bit older than me might think, "How did you not get that guy?" He's like a quintessential Sheffield Wednesday player. <laughs> I went to Hillsborough a couple of weeks ago. Nobody was talking about Alonda. Trustful, I can guarantee you that. I should have. If I'd have done this podcast a bit before, I could have asked a few people, couldn't I? But, uh, but there we are. That is life. He would return to Dutch football after that. Um, seemed a talented enough midfielder from the teams he was playing for. Um, it was Frank de Boer's assistant at Atlanta United, so he does have a bit of um, American in him, a little bit. <laughs> so the uh, association is there to an extent. Uh, fantastic shout! Thank you for that one. Um, and we have another fantastic shout, another front runner for the uh, for the obscure Hall of Fame here. Peter Fifteen says, "Per Bartram, Danish. I'm saying Danish. Per. We had Per Caldrup um, last time out on the obscure." Hall of Fame game, um, he's definitely Danish. You could catch him at, I'm going to go Middlesbrough, just before all the great players come. He probably comes in when they're a, when they're a, um, an EFL team and comes in, sees the sees the likes of Ravinelli, Juninho, all those like Gianluca Festa, that type that type of player, um, goes down with him, never comes back um, um, to English football. That is, uh, he's obscure. He's definitely in. He's definitely in the uh, the Hall of Fame shortlist. I checked his Wikipedia and I'm stunned that I didn't remember. <laughs> I didn't remember a forward who started his career at Odense, which it doesn't seem too obscure. Odense in 1963. I'm not sure Danish football was even professionalised then, and that's not a jibe at Danish football. They did take didn't take to professional football qu- until quite late, which is why you get this huge burst of Danish talent in the 80s with the Loudrups and D- Danish national team could only have amateur players, um, which is why you do have this sudden burst of Danish brilliance in the late 80s early 90s and throughout the 90s to be fair and yeah funnily enough I, I wasn't I wasn't um <laughs> Odense's 1963-64 season this is a bit of a blind spot admittedly and um, he did play for the likes of Morton though and Crystal Palace and Bonnie Rig Rose in Britain <laughs> uh, bizarrely um he did have one cap for Denmark in nine, 1975 um I think Peters were just one with that one actually um, that's incredible. <laughs> so we've got we've got a we've got a very very long list of um, Hall of Fame cabinets. I count it at five now. Um, Matty Mack comes in with Angel Girado. So I'm thinking, thinking with this one, I'm thinking a tricky number ten or a winger, sort of like your secondary South American outfit, like a Peru, a Colombia, Venezuela, Bolivia, um, maybe. Um, obviously, does have Spanish speaking is essentially where I was coming from. And um, comes into the Premier League mid two thousands, probably leaves immediately. Probably has one of them, yeah, as a pundit saying he can't hack it in the, the Premier League sort of thing. He's definitely obscure, potentially even a Hall of Fame worthy candidate. And man, I should have known. I should have known really. Um, knowing Matty as well in real life, friend, um, he did go over Liverpool Academy reject last time out. I should have known he was probably going to be quick to uh, pick a Filipino player. And um, in conversations with him a long time ago, he wasn't going to pick like a. The young husband brothers who played for Chelsea for a time and stalwarts for the Philippines team, but I've never, never, ever heard of this guy. He's played a lot for the Philippines, of course. Forty-two appearances, twelve goals, 
rose as high as Deportivo La Coruña and the B teams of Atletico Madrid and Levante, of course, Spain. So I got Spanish speaking kind of, but that obviously the name gives it well away. Angel obviously gives it away on that one. Um, and this guy's senior career section on Wikipedia, which is, i.e., just the goals and appearances tally, is longer than some entries. <laughs> For example, it's longer. It's longer than your man who had two two lines on his Wikipedia. So I mean, I mean he's obscure, definitely obscure, definitely a front runner, and um, he now plays in Gibraltar, funnily enough. So. Um, keeping on that Spain theme, um, depending on which part of the political divide you fall on. And uh, yeah, thank you for that one, my um, front runner, definite front runner. Very strong list. Very, very strong list. So we've got next George. Um, this is a strong, long string of numbers and letters. George B0106521. I hope that's, um, that is correct and doesn't have any you know, sort of significance to your life, George. But uh, he comes in with Bayram Fatai. Now, my first, my first sort of thought, my first impression was Sam Allardyce. I didn't know which club, don't know which era or even what position. Really, I don't have a position for him. Perhaps a centre, centre mid, defensive mid, number six, a Makalele esque player. But he's got Sam Allardyce written all over him. Um, he's definitely obscure. Name alone, you're thinking. I'm thinking Eastern European. I don't want to lumping a load of um, warring countries together um <laughs> again um disaster um but apparently he's macedonian danish which is um quite the eclectic mix and of course macedonia the eastern european where he gets named probably and then obviously grows up in denmark i assume um another fallout from uh, yugoslav wars perhaps i don't want to obviously um, debate that I'll get into that one has one appearances one appearance rather for Rangers Glasgow Rangers not Rangers the Danish team no not them Rangers he played the majority of his career in Denmark with Nordjylland three caps for Macedonia and he's the current Nordjylland academy manager wonderful stuff and they are doing wonderful stuff with uh, recruitment and um, play of, player turnover Nordjylland one of the best clubs for quote-unquote doing it right um i think yeah fantastic shout at george um definitely one of those he's definite front runner for the, i've said that i feel as though i'm saying this for every single player um but he is he's a definite front runner we've got we've had four in a row here who are definite front runners for the obscure hall of fame i have no idea who i'm going to pick at the end of this um fpl gaz says paulo tramizani right this is strange um I say instantly, Watford 2000, or perhaps more pertinently with the name, Watford Udinese shenanigans. Now, I don't know if this shows how forgettable and how obscure he actually is, but I'm sure I was too lazy to go back on the notes for the previous <laughs> previous obscure football game. But I'm sure we had him last time. I, I, I was expecting to click on his Wikipedia and go, yeah, we definitely had him. But even from looking at his Wikipedia game, it's like I was going over the same page again. <laughs> and now often when you usually go on to a or go on to any page on the web, I don't need to teach you about the internet. I'm sure you listen to a podcast after all. On Wikipedia, you get like sort of like the link is purpley rather than blue to denote that you've been on it before, been on the page. Now, Paolo Tremazzani um, wasn't purple. He wasn't, he was still blue. So that sort of indicates that, that he, um, that I've not been, that we didn't cover him last night. The name is very, very familiar. Um, maybe that's because I remembered him. Um, I didn't. <laughs> Watford 2000, maybe. Um, now, maybe it's because I updated from Windows 10 to 11. I'm sure you're excited to learn about that. Um, maybe that's the case. But I was going back on, 
I use Wikipedia a lot for what ifs for any other research purposes and other things were purpled in and this was, you know, relatively recently after I'd upgraded. So he's, he, we mustn't have had him, but it will be a mystery that, that lives on forever. But uh, I was close. I was close. Geographically, I was close on the timeline. I was close time-wise. He played for Spurs. So uh, whether or not you want to discuss whether Watford's in London or not, I simply don't care. Um, he, played, he played in the Premier League for a Southern outfit. Again, not opening the uh, North-South divide can of worms there. In 2098 to 2000 for Spurs, six Premier League appearances. And again, that still doesn't leave me any of the wiser of whether or not we covered him. I'm going to have to go back and check the notes for the last episode. Yes, I know. I'm amazed that I have notes for these episodes too. He's now manager of Swiss side FC Sion. Um, and if a and if a management career can be obscure, now we had Slavisa Jukanovic on last obscure game of football we had. Um, and I said that he can't be, he can't be obscure if you've, even if you've had a poor poor um, playing career but a great managerial career like Jose Mourinho didn't really hack it as a player did he really Julian Nagelsmann for example as well Jurgen Klopp all now cannot be classed as obscure footballers because of the career in management they've had but if a management career could be obscure step up Paolo Tramezzani right um, FC Sion currently I mean I'm recording this uh, Six days in advance, maybe I'll be sacked. I'm not expecting that. But in 2020 and 2021 alone, he's had five jobs. So Livorno in Italy, Hajduk split in um, in Croatia, and Al Fazeli, um I'm not going to hazard a guess to where they play. Um, should have checked, shouldn't I? And FCC on twice. So you've got quite the managerial career there. He's obscure. Um, for the managerial career alone, I'm not going to say he's in the Hall of Fame worthy because... I don't know, I still had that inclination that he could have played, um, uh, that he played in the Premier League in 2000. Whether or not that's a historical Italian name, who knows? Um, Write me in any uh, any Italian, any Italian listeners. So we go on to Fanto Mantle on, uh, I think that's how you pronounce that, on on Twitter. He says, Jess Hawk, Um, there was an accent through the middle of the O, which is an U sound. So obviously that's, a pretty good inclination that it's Scandinavian <laughs> whether or not he's Danish or Norwegian is another guess you technically def- you I don't think you get them with Swedish Finnish or Icelandic names um, again not a linguist so I'm going to go for one of the rare failed Danish talents I, I, I picture him at a Spurs side in 1997 on a power with Ovin Lynn of Liverpool who I'm shocked we, we haven't had him yet or maybe we have who knows but um, he's definitely obscure now, looking at his Wikipedia page, he shouldn't be obscure, but he is. Um, and if I was 10 years older, I, I don't think he'd be making this. Um, he, made, he had made nine Premier League appearances, which isn't a, isn't fantastic, obviously. Chelsea, 1999 to 2001. So right on the edge of me forming this um, mind database of all these fantastic footballers. <laughs> and uh, 57 caps for Denmark, though. He played in three major tournaments. When Denmark were really, really good, to be fair, the uh, Euro 96, admittedly in Euro 2000, he went out in the groups. I know that. 98 World Cup, they got to the quarterfinal, which is still a record for Denmark. And played big chunks of his career at big clubs. Your Alborgs, your Bronbys, your Fenerbahce's as well. So... He's, he's obscure, yes. Um, I don't think that could um, lead him to be a, a Hall of Fame candidate. He seems like a pretty decent player. Um, pretty decent player, um, but obviously not well known in these shores, in these um, Anglo-centric podcasts that we do. 
And Dempsey FPL says Edam Tal. Now, I struggle with these ones, um, really. We spoke of Far East Asian talents being too much of a novelty. And I think so your Chinas, your Japans, your South Koreas, no matter, obviously of certain time periods. So Edam Tal was early 2000s. Um, I can picture him in that one to one sponsor for Everton, for example. It's not the Gaza days when Gaza played for Everton for that brief time period. Um, I, I could picture him probably playing in that game where Paolo Di Canio famously had that show of fair play when he caught the ball when the when the Everton keeper went down. That, I, I could picture him probably chasing Di Canio in that game. And I think with the ge- geography, um, I think you could probably put South Asia still and Israel still. Um, you can class that into too much of a novelty to be obscure in sort of Western European leagues, like mainly like a like an English league, like just, um, Italian league, Spanish league. And um, I think Kidan Tal falls into that. Being Israeli as well, I'd, I wasn't entirely sure of his nationality. I'll admit that one. Uh, he's not obscure though. I can remember him. I, I wasn't, um, I couldn't remember. <laughs> he played for Sam Allardyce so in Bolton uh, later on in the in the sort of time, which I probably should have got. He played for Everton a lot more. Um, I say a lot more. I played about 25 Premier League games, but uh, there we are. Not obscure, unfortunately. Not obscure, unfortunately. Sorry, Dempsey, but um, just about, just about. Um, he's on the he's on the cusp, but like I say, a novelty, a novelty of um, of the geography, really. And I think he can maybe stretch that out to a certain extent for Australia, although in the 90s, early 90s, probably less so now, um, obviously with the with the huge burst of talent like Harry Kuehl, Tim Cahill, Mark Viduka, etc, etc. 2021, we'll be doing another obscure footballer where I'll um, decide the three Hall of Fame picks after stewing on it a bit more um, <laughs> from uh, from this episode. So in the new year, stick with us, we'll... Uh, we'll have a look at some more obscure footballers hopefully and uh, thank you very much for listening have a fantastic christmas <laughs> and uh, we'll see you or see Network.